Human beings have a tremendous knack for naming things. Take for instance, sorrow, a word that with magical precision captures the exact sensation it names. Or the American potato snack Funyuns, which draw their name from their onion ring shape and the mirth produced from their consumption. However, the single greatest occurrence of a human giving something its name for the first time happened in 1667 when John Milton, while penning his work Paradise Lost, referred to the area beyond the Earth's sky as space, a name perfect for the vast, cold, endless eternity of the night, darkness without end, liberally sprinkled with small twinkly bits and the occasional planet mixed in for seasoning. Hanging in space, among that endless nothing lit by twin suns, is a planet, red from a distance. And as we approach, that red gives way to oranges and yellows before revealing clear blue skies and rocky, muddy terrain. We approach faster now, whizzing past impressive mountains and rock faces through mud and chalk and dust to the ruins of a colony. There, sitting on a fold-out camping chair, a man waits. He wears a beaten up old jacket made of an alien leather that catches the sun just so, glimmering with a beautiful blue as the light moves across its surface. There is a large satchel at his feet, covered with patches and buttons from a variety of strange and wonderful worlds and locations, Androzani Beta, Silica 7, Minneapolis, and more besides. Resting against a nearby rock, within an arm's reach of the man, is a gnarled wooden walking stick. In the grand scheme of things, he hasn't been here long. He has, nevertheless, been waiting for this moment for almost his entire life. Then he hears it, the wheezing and groaning sound of an ancient engine off in the distance. He packs his things, slings his satchel over his shoulder, grabs his walking stick, and begins to head in the direction of the sound. He walks down decaying streets past collapsed ancient domes and structures that, in their prime, were probably quite impressive. He is not disappointed when he reaches the source of the noise, a large blue wooden box adorned with words like free for use of public and pull to open. With perhaps more politeness than is required of the situation, he reaches out towards the door and knocks. The door swings open and he is greeted by a face that he doesn't recognize attached to someone he nevertheless knows quite, quite well. He looks at her and says, Hello, are you me? Um, I mean, yeah. Oh, w wonderful. I've, I've been waiting for you for, for quite a while, in, in lots of different ways, but uh, in a very practical, forward-moving way, I have been waiting for you. Uh, are you ready? Um, I, I, I didn't know that I was supposed to be prepared, so I actually don't have a lot prepare um i i guess we kind of just came from a thing so it, probably the thing that you know about um but we saw roman he says hi um uh sorry yeah i'm ready okay yeah I, yeah I, th that was unfair of me i'm just so anxious myself to get moving i guess what i meant is uh, do you feel ready emotionally for whatever is next oh never but i think you should know that pretty well by now uh, fair enough fair enough uh <laughs> shall we do, do you need a walking stick? Do you want a walking stick? Oh, no. Actually, you know what? I, 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 don't, I don't need one this time around. Um, yeah, that sorted itself out. But uh, I, I, super, super fun. 
I mean, I, I, it looks good. You, you rock it. You, you, it's such a look for you. But for me, it felt like it felt like an affectation that people might call appropriative. So I decided to let, let, let that be like your thing. Oh, yes. Uh, for me, it is just like actually having a third leg, which reminds me to always be moving forward. Uh, are you ready to move forward? This feels like moving back, but yeah, sure. All right, let's go. Uh, well, these are my friends. Um, oh, right. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be impolite. Uh, please, uh, who are your friends? Uh, names? Subduxception, Yoda. Carrie, nice to meet you. Wonderful. Those are all wonderful names. And it is it's, all it's, one wonderful name. Oh, it is, no, it no, is no, just no. Carrie. She was no, it's, yeah. doing a, she's a big Star Wars uh, it, fan. It's, yeah, it was a reference to Inception, that movie with JGL. And uh, uh, it, Leo, I forgot his right. name for a second there. Right. No, I yeah. thought, I, I thought you said Yoda, so I was, was, I was going to start. No, I said yeah. Yoda, too. Okay. No, no, you're right, Doc. No, 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 it was in there. I tried to make a double uh, reference, but uh, my uh, shock came in the way, and so I just stuttered. Yes, I remember Yoda because he has a stick, too. I can only yes, remember so much, I make... so I make choices. Oh, I'm like I you. I forgot how much I was into sticks. It's a... It's been so long, but I just I forgot it was such a thing. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big stick doctor. That's true. Uh, other friends. Uh, yeah, Hi. This is Tra oh, he's got it. Oh, that's fine. No, Hi, I'm no. I'm Travis. Uh, it's nice to um, meet you again. <laughs> oh yes, yes it is. This is strange. I, I I just I just had a a, a a parallel version of me, so like this isn't as shocking as it should be, but it's still I mean. Who do I call the doctor? Yes. <laughs> Both. Yeah, I mean, call doctor the and then Doxception I mean, Yoda. I, Travis, I thought I clarified this. And Travis, have you ever been to a hospital? You often refer to multiple doctors as doctor. It's kind of just a thing. I don't know why he doesn't know this. What I don't understand is why I don't remember meeting them as you. Because normally when this happens, I remember the things that you experience like I you know you've been through it you when we met when we met old grumpy pants it's like ah suddenly we're remember being grumpy pants but you this does this is I'm I'm very confused I'm yes no I mean it doesn't happen to me very often but I am at a loss for words oh I I understand I'm I'm a bit talkative myself yes I, my, I, I sometimes when I meet me I remember and other times I know I mustn't remember meeting me and other times I think times that I must have met me just must not have been very interesting because I didn't choose to remember them. So for me, it's just a grab bag. So I try to stay focused on the moment, Travis, well, Carrie, Wow, it sounds, it sounds like these rules are just being made up and not followed just as, as going along. Yeah, you might say like sometimes things are are consistent and other times they're just not and sometimes it's like one group is writing it and another group is not it's almost like a weird anyway we don't want to get too caught up on those details the more important thing is i don't remember not having i don't remember talking it sounds so weird from this side no i understand i understand it is very weird like when you hear your own voice recorded but then you're also a different person it's very well, weird yeah so travis carrie doctor feel free to call me whatever you want uh, i'm i'm not uh, persnickety about being called the doctor. You want to make up a name? I really don't care. I'll answer to just about everything. Uh, as long as we get moving. Y yeah, we've delayed him for the last, looks like 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should get going, you guys. Do you need anything? I have snacks. Anything? Uh... <gasps> oh, snacks? <gasps> We're going to be best friends. 
So I'll reach into I my like satchel you. and pull out some granola bars and offer some granola bars. Oh, granola bars? Oh, I'm disappointed <laughs> now. Oh, I'll have a granola bar. Thank you. They're very hearty. Mm. Oh, they're oh they're very they're very crackly. Oh, d- doctor, I'm so sorry. I'm making a mess inside the TARDIS eating these. I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 get the I'll get the vacuum. Wait, we have cats. It's fine. I don't think they should eat these granola bars. We don't know how old they are. Relatively speaking, they're actually quite old. Uh, actually, I've applied a freshness time filter, so the time inside <laughs> the wrapper of the granola bar is constant, regardless of how long I've possessed them. Oh, my God. All right. All right. I get it. Yeah, you feel the turn of the universe. I got it. You're, you're still my favorite doctor. I just okay. have an irritable stomach myself. I, I, I like Loki hand. Uh, I, I hand carry a cookie, like her favorite kind of cookie, whatever, <gasps> whatever, that, whatever kind that is thank that I've given her you. before in the TARDIS. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you. Iced. Let's go with iced pumpkin cookies for the season right now. Perfect. Because sure. uh, yeah, Carrie will totally kiss your butt for cookies. All right. So the question now is: the, the other Doctor has shown up. What is the game plan? Where is everyone? What is everyone doing? Where is everyone going? I think that if if Joseph's doctor has been kind of pushy at this point, like we let's keep moving, like let's go. Like I think after a while, my doctor's curiosity about the situation and also like knowing her own level of impatience has probably eventually like even though she's still being kind of annoying about it because it's another doctor, she's eventually kind of acquiesced and is now following him where he wants us to go. Excellent. So, uh, the other doctor, where are you, uh, are you, are you leading them anywhere in particular at the moment? Yeah, so, uh, I, I turn around and, uh, pull out from the satchel a little compass that on the, on the front of it says, just a compass, and opens it up, and am, uh, following it in a, uh, let's say, uh, northwest direction, and just wanting to stroll and chat right now. Sure. Uh, I will say that Northwest, uh, I would say, takes you back towards the ruins of the colony that you were just at, just for a kind of wonderful kind of narrative symmetry. And because wonderful. they only have money for one set. Yeah, we, we built the one set, and we, that's where we put all of our money. So. I want to go to the corridors, I know. Uh, uh, yes. So if everybody is uh, is trotting along, um, I want to have a chat with, uh, with the Riley Doctor. Right. So, uh... I, I know I have a sense of urgency. Uh, some of that is because I'm urgent right now, but I have also for my entire life had a sense of urgency. That's just uh, who I am. But let me ask yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I actually remember that. Like, that's... You. Anyway, right. You, sorry. Right. Right. What do you know? Uh, I mean... Lo- About uh, the now. Um, well, we're on a planet... <laughs> and there's a there's two sons and there's uh I, I don't I don't know a lot about that now to be honest with you. I we I just kinda came from a thing and I'm still a little bit out of sorts from it. Uh oh. but oh. um Yes. We just kinda you... uh, just spoilers, uh but there's a lot that happens to Gallifrey, like a lot, so just be ready for that. Right. Uh I'm almost always ready for something to happen to Gallifrey. It just feels like it's a good mood to get into if you're going to be us. Uh, so that's fair. That's fair. Do you? We lost. We lost it at one point. We found it again, then we lost it again, then something happened. Anyway, continue. I understand it's disorienting, partially because I am disoriented. Would Would you like to do some trust falls? Would that help us to get oh, to my. a point of open communication? <laughs> Oh, I remember that. No. Oh, God. There's a lot. There's a lot of my time as you. It's really starting to come back to me. And... Ah, ah, you chose to forget. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. We'll say, yeah. 
All right. <laughs> then we go on. I think we can go with safely assume that if there's anyone that I trust, it's going to be myself. But also, the last person I trust is myself, and that's just kind of our general way of operating, so... Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is... What, what's what been going on with you? Why do you think you're here? That's a very personal question. It is. I, I feel rude asking it of myself, but I have to. Well, I, I also... I, I, yeah, I guess all these questions are personal questions. Shh, Travis, that's just more personal than the other ones, okay? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to say to you what's going on, because, like, as a good friend of ours once said, spoilers? So, I like, I... I can't tell you too much because then I would know it. it, it it's a, it's a whole thing. Well, I have an idea. Uh, um, previous doctor, can you tell me, and then I can act as an intermediary so that you're not telling yourself information. No, he Does can that work. He can tell me things because I'm I'm after. I can't tell. Travis, you're getting the order of events wickedly mixed up. Shh, Travis. Shh. Okay. He's from the 90s. There's not a lot of time travel stories back then. Just, he's working um, on Back to the Future me? logic. Back here. to the Future? Back to the uh, Future Terminator. 2? Back to the Future 3? Oh, yeah, Terminator. Yeah. Quantum Leap? Come back on. Back to the Future, the TV oh. series? Yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Bill and Ted's Day of the Dog? That's, that's more series. of a right. afterlife right. travel, but yeah. All right, continue. None Sorry. of these shows have sticks in them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I think death had a walking stick, but let's go. Oh true, yes, true. it's a sight. Rad. I think this conversation about '90s television show is building trust, right, everybody? Sure. I. It's not that I don't trust you. You're you're asking me questions that I don't know if I can give you the answer to because of the whole timey wimey stuff thing. Fix fix point in time, not knowing your own destiny, things like yes. that. Yes, yes. I think the. Sp- Spoiler is, from my perspective, is that you don't have to worry about spoilers. Uh, okay. That's not what the Avengers said. <laughs> also another time travel story. It, right. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm... Wait. Bruce had... Banner yeah, has yeah. a stick in the comics. Anyway. Anyways. I need us to go this way to a place <laughs> for a reason, and... If you have any questions, I would be happy to try to answer them. Otherwise, let's talk about TV shows and walk. All right. Let's let's pull a Sorkin. And then we... <laughs> 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 um, all right. I, I guess I don't really have a lot of questions because I think that I, 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 I kind of... I feel like, let's say there was like two years worth of events in a sequence. I feel like... What we just did was bring that to a finale. And then these are some special events that are happening after that. So I don't really know what I else I don't... I, I don't know what I don't know to ask you what those are. And so that's why I'm just kind of trudging along and seeing what you have to show me. Okay. Well then, let me ask, just for the sake of feelings, you said you've been through a lot. Are you okay? Um... Usually, you know, if you ask somebody that, it's a little touch and go. The best way to do it, doctor, is to just actually ask, how can I best support you right now? Dropping a little 2019 knowledge on you right there. I like, I like <laughs> How can I best support you? 
Oh, look at that. Carrie. You can... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the doctor. No, no. I'm, oh, no, I'm I'll, being supported. I'll ask the doctor, but since you offered the information, I oh. thought I would uh, oh. use it uh, directly uh, and learn. Do you have instead of granola bar? Yeah, I, I, I don't trust you because he brought out granola bars, but do you have cookies? Oh, uh, I'll take one. I do not have cookies, but should then we find one those? here where we are? Uh huh. I you come across a cookie bearing one. bushel. <laughs> no. Uh, you are attacked by a monster who seeks cookies. No, 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 no. Something happens. You hear a low rumbling coming from all around you. I'd say at this point you're, uh, you're, you're, you're entering into the, this, this colony area. And as, things start, as, as the, the world around you starts to rumble, Travis and uh, the doctor, the Riley doctor, that's going to not get confusing at any point for an audio medium, you suddenly realize as you're looking around at where the uh, kind of this seismic feeling is coming from, you realize where you are. It's been about 500 years since the last time you were here, but you realize this is Colony 47. This is Colony 47 on the planet formerly known as Scaro. And you are feeling now kind of the ground rumble below you. And then you see the ruins of Colony 47 begin to fade and dissolve like so many disappointing visual effects from the 90s. And Colony 47 is replaced with well, what else would it be replaced with? It rises on the horizon, almost as if emerging from the dust and the chalk, old as time and new as history. The silver, gleaming city of the Daleks. Oh, I thought it was going to be Colony 48. <laughs> Colony 48. Colony 46. It's a prequel. Oh. But it's 500 years later. Thing. It leads it's, to the end of anyway. No, uh. you are you are on Scaro. The sit the ruins of the the colony around you have dissolved into nothing, and you are now standing on the wasteland with the silver city of the Daleks growing, emerging from the ground like that one fortress in Final Fantasy VI on the horizon. Are we so all right, Doctor? Um. Yes. Is there anything I can do to support you? <laughs> so fishy. So fishy. I asking you know, how best support you, and the city comes out of nowhere. I'm, I, no, I'm just okay. Is did this come back, or is this actually the beginning? Like, are we gonna run into some Thals and some Khaleds, and are we gonna have to deal with that kind of thing happen? Like, like where where are we? Based on our understanding of what happens here, even though that itself is real confusing at times. Yes, it is. And I admit to some confusion myself. However, I just know this is where we need to be now. Right. Okay. But are there, are there a bunch of angry Daleks in there? And are they the kind of Daleks that can't leave the static floor? Or are they the meat? Like, do they have an emperor? I don't know what's happening with the Daleks these days, but... You... You know, when I, I mentioned that I can be very forward-moving, sometimes there are things I forget to check. And I'm realizing now that would have been a, a good thing to check. I was just focused on the right. us yeah. meeting part, going to the place I need to go with you part, Here's and not so much the what's going to be in between part. Let's, here's a thought. Just, just write down on a notepad somewhere always check for Daleks, because that's something I feel like I should probably remind myself 
from time to time. So just as a favor to me from the past, just write down a note somewhere. Always check for Daleks. Uh, I immediately start rustling in my bag for a notebook and a pen and uh, and dutifully write down what I've been asked to write down. (laughs) Uh, Riley, as you put your hands back in your pockets, satisfactory, you do find an ancient crumbled (laughs) note with rips on it. And it just says always Daleks because ink fades. Uh, Actually, I would like both... (laughs) At this point, I would like both doctors to please do an awareness and resolve check. Also, that paper, that note, is what I was using to wrap my cookies up in, so it's all like crumbly and like there's like <laughs> there's like a bit of like pumpkin, like a pumpkin, a pumpkin uh, a topping bit of icing on it. That's yeah. why. That's why the check is gone. What am I? What am I checking yeah. for? What am I rolling for again? Uh, give me awareness plus resolve, and give yourself a plus two for okay. feel the turn of the universe. Ooh, that's a that's a dirty twenty. So 17. 17? Both good rolls. Um, My, mine was better. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> That's in character. That, uh, really meta in character comment. <laughs> well, you have more experience. I'm glad to know I improve. Both doctors, you are aware of a kind of vaguely nauseous feeling, not coming from yourselves, but from your TARDIS. It's your, ver- your, your respective TARDISes feel like they are nauseous, like they are... Uh, uh, you know when you drink too much Red Bull? It's that. It's that, that feeling of simultaneously having too much and not enough energy, feeling like you could run a marathon but also pass out in this exact instant. Okay. That's how you are very acutely aware that that is how your TARDIS is feeling. And while, Riley, with your role, you get a little extra information. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel your TARDIS powering down. Like it is losing power. Oh, I don't like that. Does, does your TARDIS feel not so nice? Yeah, mine feels really asleep. Asleep? Oh no! A little bit. Do well, you think? I'm, gonna, I'm oh. guessing yours might be the same way. Yes, yes, it feels not right. Oh yes, it feels traveling too fast while not moving. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. Uh, uh let's go forward. Let Let's try to get to where we need to be. Um, Dan, could you please give me a resolve and technology roll? Uh, yeah. Good, because you should. Uh, do I get any buffs for that one? Um, you uh, tech sensitive, I believe. Yep. Is the is the yep the way to be? I'll give you a plus two for that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Oh, that's Whoa. a very, very good roll. Yeah. You are able to pick up from the the Dalek city on the horizon. You are picking up a signal, and it is a uh. That with that role, I'll give you uh, a little bit more specific information. You're picking up a dampening field, and it seems to be some kind of suppression field that you suspect, based on what the the doctors have just said, uh, might actually be what is causing stomach trouble for for their respective tardises. Yeah, uh, doctor, uh, doctor, doctors. Um, there, there's. I'm getting a. Uh, there's a dampening field coming from the city. Um, that can't be good. No, no, probably isn't. Um, probably explains what's happening to our TARDISes. Um, I am going to pull my magnifying glass out of my pocket and attach it to my Sonic and try to use mm-hmm. it to get, like, almost like, like I'm, like, using a telescope. Like, I'm trying to look at the city, like, trying to get, like, like binoculars almost, like, trying to get a, a better look at what's happening in the city. Like, if I can see, I... like, Dalek moving around or... I don't hate that, and I'm not even going to have you do, like, a roll, because I just love the visual of you, like, boop, 
Um, yeah. It's, it's completely obviously... the wrong tool for this function, <laughs> yeah. but I also think it, like it's working on a yeah. sonic screwdriver, so maybe it, it has like a sonic, uh, somehow yeah, it's a sonic yeah. magnifying glass. Um, what I will say is you can see uh, within the city, you do see kind of a small kind of Dalek dome uh, on top of which is a, a satellite dish with a Dalek bump in the middle of it because Daleks really only have one aesthetic choice. <laughs> and you do see some Dalek movement in the city itself. I mean, once you've hit goal, why would you keep digging? So, um, yeah, all right. I put, I put the modifying last way and I go, uh, just for the record, Doctor, there are Daleks. Right. Also, did you just look through your sonic screwdriver? Uh, sort of. Uh, look, I, w- I went through, like, a mystery phase. It's fine. Um, let's just... I'm so excited to be better. Gonna think great. was gonna happen. It's you were great. gonna get worse? Uh, it's subjective, <laughs> but I feel it's happened before in other regenerations, so, I mean, yeah. I don't... Yeah. My Which opinion one? of I'm myself is... Which I... one specifically? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Let's see how the adventure goes, and maybe, maybe we can compare notes on our favorite uses. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to do something about that field, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. Shall we go toward this, it? This, this feels very familiar, but yeah, let's go towards it. All right. You begin to head towards the Dalek City. You reach the outskirts of the city. The tall, silver, gleaming buildings continue to gleam silverly, catching the sunlight in a way that is a little annoying uh, in terms of light reflection. Uh, Daleks obviously in- interpret light a little differently from us, so it's not quite the same uh, in terms of like sensory input. Daleks um, love lens flares. They love, they love them some lens flare. Yeah, they're, they're, they're big Abrams fans. Yeah, it's a special, so we put a little Vaseline on the lens. It's getting a little yeah. flary. Um, as you reach the outskirts of the city, you can hear the the whirring of Daleks patrolling through the streets of the city. You reach a point where the the dirt and mud and sand stops, and it starts to give way to very smooth, paved streets with kind of gentle, slight indentations about maybe a centimeter or two deep that a Dalek would just be able to fit in to just glide through the streets. Um, and you can hear them moving through the city. But you can also see, not far from here, maybe maybe a couple of blocks north of your current position, the satellite dish, the Dalek satellite dish on top of that small hut that you, you uh, want to make a beeline to. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to use an, uh, Sonic again. I'm going to do a scan mm-hmm. to see if I can detect the static electricity that, like, I'm trying to figure out if this is the era, if these Daleks need to stay on this platform to move, or if they can move freely. I- I'm gonna say no, it's not, it's not, they're not static Daleks. They okay. are, they're very kind of, f- uh, like, top of the line, latest and greatest in Dalek tech. It's, I would say that the, the, the slight indentation in the ground is just for the, to eradicate things like pebbles and, and imperfections that would prevent them from you know, gliding. It's a canine situation. If there's you put one thing the Daleks the want to do, it's eradicate imperfection. So it actually yeah, exactly. tracks pretty yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. I will say the one thing that you do pick up on your scanner is there is a humanoid life form uh, just around the corner. So, it's, it's, Doctor, you just used your sonic screwdriver to see. It, can you reverse that process and somehow use it to make the Daleks not see? Um, I mean, the dogs are already pretty Nazi, but, um... <laughs> oh... Oh. God, I love a good pun. Yeah, um, I, I, I transfer good. one of my story points to Riley. 
<laughs> I give one it. as well. I'll take them. I'm be- I, this is an and my axe situation. I'm very. I, 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 I think Riley's already at maximum story points. Yeah, I you am. can have up to. You can still have up to twelve. You can, I'll give you a story point for that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm at eleven now. Have cool. us have a story point. All right. Um, trust me, if I think that I can make the Daleks not be aware of my presence, I would pretty much leave that setting on all the time. But what's more important at this particular moment is that we are not alone. There is somebody, and I motioned to where I picked up the humanoid, the, the humanoid presence. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to go get that person. Uh, so I'm going to make a, a bolt for wait, what, where what? I think that person wait, is. What? 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 what, wait, what do you want to, do you want to, I don't know, he's made his choice. Do you yeah. want to just bolt for, or do you want to try to stealth? Are you, are you, are you uh, solid snaking this, or are you just like... Beeline wearing clogs whilst uh, yeah. uh, swinging. Assume I, assuming that making. Riley's doctor indicated the general direction, uh, I did. I'm just yeah. I'm just going for it. Uh, got, a, got the walking stick raised up as a weapon, and I'm I'm running as fast as I can. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, okay. So I what I'm gonna have to do is roll to see whether the Daleks notice this or not. Uh, and the snake eyes. You are very very lucky. Okay. Um, <laughs> you you run towards um, kind of the next block over and hiding behind uh, an, an auspicious and largely superfluous barrel is a human male in what appears to be kind of security guard attire, like a, a, the kind of the, 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 the woolen sweater, the shirt, there's a badge and he's wearing uh, kind of plain, sh- you know, plain pants and uh, shiny black shoes. And his badge, uh, his name badge says Stevens and there's the logo uh, underneath that says Colony 47. And he sees you approaching. And I'm actually going to give this particular character to Michael. Oh, excellent. And just for clarity, does it look like he's hiding behind a barrel? Yeah, it looks like he's, he's hiding behind this barrel, possibly to avoid uh, being seen by Daleks. Okay, I'm going to try to, if I can, just squeeze into the behind the barrel with him. Ah. Uh, hello. Uh, uh, hello. Uh, Hi. I didn't think there was anyone else left. My name is the Doctor, and I would like to be a helper to you. Are you hiding the, from the Daleks? The Doctor? You don't look like the... Do- um, uh, yeah, of course. It, the, whatever happened to the, the, the colony, they they, they overran the, uh, everything and, and it took over. It, it was horrifying. These, these right. things are like scary monsters with like weird plunger hands. I don't know if you've seen these things, but they're, they're really freaky. Oh, several times. They're very disturbing. I dislike them. Uh, that's just absolute enemy. Let's use that word. I think it's uh, appropriate in this instance. I try to be positive, but they are enemies. Uh, I have friends. Would you like to come with me? There, there are other survivors. Yes, pl- please. Please, Doctor. For now, yes. Let's go. Oh, that's This guy's a little ominous. All right. Is is this more beelining, or is this is this also going to be just a run for it? Or are you going to Run and work before? Fight? Let's run again. All right, well, I was going to do have to sneak, but yeah, let's solid snake. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's your choice. The, the doctor's going to run. <laughs> I like the idea of the doctor running with his walking stick in hand, and then this guy like doing cartoon <laughs> sneak. While uh, this is happening, Travis like whispers to his doctor and says, um, "According to everything you've told me, this is like the most dangerous planet in the universe. Does your past self know this?" <laughs> Oh, I don't know what he knows. This is really confusing. <laughs> I just wanted that little like, aside, that was all. <laughs> I just still don't think we should trust him. He still has those granola bars. They were pretty good, though. Like, they Shh, crumbled. Travis. What should I roll, by the way, bro? 
Um, I I will. I, I'm actually not going to have. Either, I'm not going to have you roll anything. So I didn't have the doctor roll, but I did do a roll for the Daleks. And for the Daleks, to, whether or not they saw you, right now it's a no but. So they didn't see you. As you two are running towards Riley, Riley's doctor, Travis and Carrie, you hear two Daleks are, uh, are kind of off in the distance go, Movements detected in Sector 4! And then you hear another Dalek say, Understood! Proceeding to investigate! And then you hear, all of you start to hear these, the, 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 this one Dalek start to trundle over into your direction as... Uh, Joseph's doctor and uh, Stevens, the security guard from Colony 47, arrive uh, at your current location. Am I allowed to use a story point to grab the softball bat? Uh, you can just have it ready. I mean, you not... yeah, you don't need to spend oh, story points you. for that. Yeah. Oh, I really, I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Um, uh, I hear trouble, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably go swinging towards it. That, that's. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, you're just. You're, that's. That's me. I, I'm actually gonna try to stop carry from doing that because i've got a head full of mondasian database stuff so like i kind of know how dangerous the daleks are too and she it's just it. like a, a like a like not a forceful way but like i'm gonna like try to put my arms on like your shoulders and like hold you yeah. back yeah no totally get it hold me uh, back Car- coach yeah carrie's I, had no dalek experience the only yeah. experience with anything vaguely dalek-y is those server waiters right at the well at travis the... hasn't either but i have the benefit of the head yeah. full of knowledge now yeah, yeah i have the, no knowledge the anything. doctor, for sure, if Carrie has a baseball bat out or softball bat out, <laughs> is going to put her hand on the bat and go, that is the worst possible thing you could do right now. <laughs> Just of all the things. Um, now, to be fair, I did have a friend once who did go to town on one of these with the baseball bat, so it is possible, but let's just be really strategic about it. Okay. All right. All right. I trust you. Okay. I just... Fine. Fine. Okay. Well, well what's the plan? Um, not die. That's the first one. Uh, let's see what okay, this one's yeah. up. Let's let's see what this one's up to. Hello, I'm the doctor. <gasps> Hello. I, wait. There, um, there's two of yes. two two dark two dark. Yeah, there's, there can two be, of there, us, there's huh? more. There's more doctors. Continue. Uh, just get used to it. Anyway. Um, she's right. It's good uh, that we're limited <laughs> to just two. Count your blessings. Yeah, yeah it could be a way worse. One time there was five of us, and one of us looked real weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, four of us. The fifth one was missing. It's, 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 it's a wax a There's a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, uh, wow. I, I think uh, uh, Stevens looking at the, the Riley doctor has a flash of recognition from being a Colony 47 survivor uh, uh, as well as, as, as Travis. And it's like, the, the two of you, I thought I thought you were gone forever. This is incredible. I, well, uh, point, of, point of order... Um, how are you still here? What do you What do you mean? the The city fell, and I, I, I ran behind the corner, and uh, that was when the Daleks cornered me. And oh, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. And I think Steve just sort of stiffens up, and there's like the sound of technology inside of Steve whirring. Wait, is his and... name Steve Stevens? It is now. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until literally just this moment. But uh, Steve Stevens, uh, he like stiffens up and a big uh, gooey Dalek eye stalk is birthed out of his head. Because um, I'm Back just going to do the reveal. Oh, no. That's right. I died. All right. Like, I'm sorry. Carrie sees that and she's probably going to like start swinging. Because that, that bat's still in hand. Okay, so right now, Carrie has said that she wants to swing, so I'm going to say that puts us into a 
a scene, a situation. So in that case, uh, th because this is Joseph's first time, uh, I will reiterate the rules for a, for a, a conflict. Everyone kind of declares what they want to do, and then the turn order is always talkers, runners, doers, which is non-combat action, and fighters, which is, I guess, just, just carry. Me. Yeah, uh, that's He's just, the only that's I think I'd thing. also count as a fighter. Yes, okay. Um, so let's, uh, I'm gonna go uh, clockwise from my screen, so I will start with Joseph. What what do you intend to do in this situation? Uh, I want to reach into uh, my satchel and uh, pull out like a sandwich bag that is uh, uh, opaque in attempt to put it over the eye stock. <laughs> I dig that. I think that puts you in the doer's category. Uh, Riley. Okay, my do I'm gonna be a doer, mm -hmm. and my doer is to try to get in between Carrie and the uh, Dalek so she doesn't attack it because I'm afraid if she does, it'll kill her, so. Okay. Between Joseph and Riley, do either of you have quick reflexes? Uh, I do. I believe they both might. I think they both do. Yes, I do, I do indeed. I will yield to the guest. All right, so we'll have Joseph go first. Uh, Steve Stevens, Colony 47 security slash Dalek puppet. What, what is your intent? My intent is to use the gunstick built into my hand to kill Carrie, because I'm a Dalek. Oh. oh. I'm, I'm very fighter. Okay, Carrie, your, your intent, I'm guessing, is to... Yeah, I'm going for the freaky eye. At least to blind it, maybe? I would say that she's got enough, like, smarts to aim, but the, the, the thing coming out of the forehead was very alien to her, and mm. she, like, freaked. Okay. Uh, and f uh, the, I guess because those are two combat actions, uh, Carrie, do you have quick reflexes? I do not. All right, uh, Travis, what are you doing? I I I'm not sure, but I may default to Travis's new go-to move of bull rushing people. Twice in the last serial, uh, like I think I think Travis knows that Carrie is going to swing that bat high, so he's going to attempt to like possibly go low on on this puppet. All right. uh, when, does they go, Travis... when they go high, we go low. Yeah. Travis, <laughs> tag team. Yeah. Does Travis have quick reflexes? He does not. All right. In which case, you're all kind of going to take that turn at the same time, but we're going to start. Uh, with Joseph. So you are going to try to put a sandwich bag over the uh, the thing's head. Let's have you do coordination and uh, I'm going to call it athletics. I think that counts as athletics. And I'm going to give you a plus two for brave as well. I think your sheet has brave on it. Yes, yes. Cool. Okay. Uh, 15 is my total. 15, one five. 15. Stevens, could you give me a counter roll of... Uh, give me uh, awareness and athletics, please. Oh god, I rolled 11. Um, Ooh. That's, that's, so that's good. 16. 16, I did 16. Oh! Because I, I rolled 11, and then I had to add those things, so I got... Oh dear. So, Josie, you rolled a 15? Yes. So right now that puts you in no but territory. If you want to, you can spend a story point to take it up to yes but, or two story points to go straight up to a, a success. Or you can let it play out and see what happens. Uh, no, I'll... I'll uh, uh, my sheet says eight story points, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, I'll spend two. All right, you take that up to a resounding success. You place a sandwich bag over the Dalek ice store, partially blinding Steve Stevens, the deceased Colony 47, uh, Huda Duba, which means that Stevens, when you go to hit, you are going to have impaired senses. So that's going to be a negative four. And next in the turn order then is Riley's Doctor. And mm -hmm. uh, now you wanted to get in between Carrie and the Dalek, yes? Yeah, I'm trying to basically prevent her from attacking it because I'm afraid that it, like, she doesn't understand how deadly these things are yet and that, like, if it sees her as an actual threat, it, could, it will blast her. 
Okay. So you just would have just step in front? I, I'm I'm actually like pushing like I'm kinda like getting in between but like like trying to stop the momentum of her bat so she doesn't swing at everything. Okay. So I'm kinda like um, throwing, not throwing myself on her per se, but like basically taking the brunt of the hit from the bat a little bit. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna have Carrie's turn be the next turn. Um, and when Carrie goes to swing the hit, you are gonna swing to kind of roll to catch the the bat mid-swing. Is that kind of what you're I'm not trying mind? to catch the bat as much as like I'm trying to like kind of like halt her momentum. Okay. Yeah, I think she's trying to hold me back. Like okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with trying you. to spring forward and she's trying to be like, whoa, 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 tiger. Yeah. Okay. Um, in which case, uh, Carrie, go ahead and give me uh, coordination and fighting. And uh, okay. Riley's doctor, if you can give me strength and athletics, please. Okay. God, I'm so glad I'm lucky. I could re-roll that snake eye. Oh, I wish you hadn't, because my I don't have a lot, I don't have a, I don't have a great roll on this one. So we'll see how this goes. I think I have a total of nine. Oh, okay. So that's uh, yeah. I have a thirteen. So it's nine versus thirteen. Yeah, you're able to uh, just stop uh, Carrie's bat from swinging down and, and hitting either you or Stevens. Um, that does now leave us to, uh, I think, uh, I'm going to have Travis go next because I think Stevens is uh, visually impaired. Uh, Travis, you're going to rugby tackle Stevens? No, um, now that the doctor has positioned herself and the game plan has changed, I'm going to actually change to a uh, do. Okay. And uh, I want to try to uh, basically attempt to... Um, grab Steve Stevens's arms and kind of like hold him behind his back to kind of like, like basically to prevent him from attacking. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me for that one. That's going to be uh, strength and athletics. And I'm going to have Steve Stevens. I'm going to have you counter roll with coordination and athletics with a negative four for your impaired senses. I really need that negative four, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Negative four. I rolled snake eyes on a roll. Oh, no, I rolled pretty well, so I got a uh, 12 in total. So 12 versus? Uh, I got a nine. 12 versus nine. Yeah, Travis is able to hold uh, Steve Stevens' uh, hands behind his back. Yeah, like, basically, like, I kind of, like, run around yeah. the doctor and carry and, like, you know, yeah. while this thing is flailing, I just, you know, hold him behind his back and I've got him subdued. Sure. Uh, as you're doing that, you can feel the Dalek, uh, the, the laser emerging from his hand, because you can probably feel the muscles tensing in, in his wrists. Steve Stevens, what would you like to do in this moment? Because it, it is technically still your turn. Um, I think Stevens, knowing he's had, is just going to transmit all the available data in him and go limp. There's no reason for so Stevens to continue. He's informing, basically, I'm going to use my action to transmit to the Daleks that there are two doctors in the complex. Okay, yeah, you got, I would say that's a story point spend. You have definitely have the story points for that. Um, <laughs> you, you feel, uh, Travis, uh, Steve Stevens go limp, and you're kind of holding onto his full weight. And uh, he, his body was already cold, but now it is, in the truest sense, lifeless and you now hear Dalek sirens going off all around the city um, as the, the, the Dalek High Command, the Dalek Parliament, whatever you want to call it in this particular adventure, has been alerted to the presence of, uh, of some intruders. I think the Dalek City Council uh, knows what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, it's the mayor of Dalek City. That's the, the, yes, the <laughs> mayor of Dalek the City. The Dalek yes. mayor. Yeah. <laughs> At least not the Dalek, uh, what do you do? the Dalek controller, which you got to be really scared about. <laughs> it's just a Dalek with a mustache. Uh, so, Ben, help me out with the layout of where I want to go. Mm. Do we need to go through the Dalek City in order to get there? 
Yes, it's it's in uh, it's not in the heart of the Dalek city, but it is uh, I would say further into the city than the kind of outskirtsy kind of part of town that you are currently in. Okay. So you need to keep heading. You were previously heading northwest. You need to keep heading northwest further into the city. Okay. So I'm gonna say, uh, I know the sound of alarms is alarming. It is a problem, but we need to keep going in this direction to the place we need to go. Uh, we need a distraction to draw the Daleks away from us so we can head the way we want to head. Any ideas? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say, I literally just told you to always check for Daleks, and then you didn't <laughs> check for Daleks. You just ran and grabbed the... Like, it was one... one rule that I gave you, and you already didn't do it. Yes, this is usually the way it goes when we meet. We disappoint one another. Uh, I'm sorry I disappointed you. (laughs) You so far have not disappointed me. I think you're great, which is why I made a suggestion and then asked for input, because we need to keep going that way. All right, okay. So we need to figure out how to distract a Dalek. Now, are there... I was about to say a diversion. A diversion, yes. Stairs around. Yes, a diversion. How can we divert the Daleks? (laughs) Well, I think we may have just diverted them by taking this dead man out. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, no, but we, we, we've diverted they, they, them to us, which is the exact us, right. opposite, was, Travis, Travis, of what we wanted to. Yes, and I would also like to point out you can now start to hear uh, the sound of, of various Daleks of different shapes, sizes, and somehow colors, that's being carried across in sound, heading in your direction. I want to see, I'm, actually, I'm just going to say this out loud, Doctor, yeah. I don't know that I've ever done this before, but maybe we could do it together. This poor Stevens man, we both know, is already gone and dead, correct? Right, yeah. Perhaps we can animate him like a wind-up soldier and send him shooting at the Daleks for us. That's not a terrible idea. I mean, Wait. We've, we've definitely... I help with puppets every day at my work. <gasps> she does know puppets! I'm a master puppeteer. <laughs> this is my time to shine! Wonderful! I will uh, pull out my sonic screwdriver, uh, which looks like a uh, very Gallifrey version of a pocket knife. And there are clearly like physical things that roll out of it as well as the actual sonic part. Uh, Dig that. Amazing. Amazing. I have a, I have a, I have a leather, Leatherman's knife, so <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with that type of device. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so I'm going to go forward trying to do this and help hope that the uh, other doctor helps me. While he's doing that, I look at my Sonic, which Joseph just, you know, looks like it was made from a build-your-own Sonic screwdriver kit, because it definitely <laughs> was, because we did it for photos. Uh, and I look at mine, I look at yours, and I have, like, that moment of, like, feeling inadequate about my Sonic screwdriver, and then I put it back in my pocket, and I run over... Well, I don't have, I, I mean, I keep it in my hand, sorry. I run over to help you try to figure out what we're doing with this guy. Okay. I, I want to help out, too. I offer up my uh, Game Boy with my Sonic cartridge, and I said if you want, if you can transfer the puppet controls, and I hand the Game Boy to Kate, uh, to, to Carrie, and I say, if you can transfer the controls, you can use this to control uh, Steve Stevens. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's uh, like... This is about the same controller we used for uh, the baby back home, so uh, let's do this. <laughs> Alright, so Doctor. Yes, Doctor. You use your Sonic to prepare him to receive a signal yes and then i will use my sonic to get this to send the signal and that way all four of us are participating in this this is delightful <laughs> and then i oh, love moving forward don't, together this is don't this is at the bat absolutely the magical i'm gonna start off by having uh i would like both doctors uh to go ahead and roll ingenuity and technology 
Wait, Kate, are you giving your bat to the guy or are you keeping it for Carrie? No, I think I'm handing it to like the puppet for right now. Oh no no okay. no, no, no no no! Don't give give you give that to me and I'll give you my Game Boy. Oh. We'll do it. We'll do a bit All of an right, item Travis. swap. I'm yeah, not going to use it as a Mega Man gun arm. He's fine. No no, I'm I'm literally just holding it for you. Like he's not going to attack with it. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are if you, you give that to him, you're not getting it back. I just want you to know. So if that matters to you, not you. I'm saying the the the, the Dalek guy. Oh. If it matters oh. to you, Carrie, oh. Oh. we should hang on to it as a team. Oh. I got you. I'm with you. Yeah, so both doctors, let's start things off. Go ahead and roll Ingenuity and Technology, and add two for Tech Adept. Uh, well, I rolled a 24. All right, so it's going to be uh, 11 plus 13. Uh, yeah, uh, I rolled an, I rolled nine on the dice, so that's going to be also, that's actually 22 on my end, so... Yeah. yeah, so the things that happen is, firstly, Steve Stevens of Colony 47 Security stands upright as if a puppet on a string being pulled up, yeah. and then the Game Boy receives the signal from Steve Stevens, and a, a control interface appears on the screen, telling you what all of the different buttons do on, on the Game Boy to control Steve Stevens. It's Game Steve. And he's now good to go. Uh, Carrie, are you going to send Steve Stevens out to divert the Daleks? Yes. What are you going to do? What are you going to have Steve Stevens do? I think I'm going to have him... Uh, yes. <laughs> <he> diver- <laughs> yes. It's a diversion. I think I'm going to have him try to speak to them and calm them down from their <laughs> uh, panic. Because yes. I have voice of authority. Yeah. Carrie has voice of authority. Yeah. So Steve she's going to try to translate that. The Game, Boy, to, the, the Game Boy, you get the option if you press select, he can say exterminate. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the doctor, this doctor will advocate for us all moving in the direction away while uh, Carrie is doing the masterful puppeteering. Yeah, all I right. think that uh, I think that we'll all agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, and then one other I... thing I want to do, Ben, uh, mm-hmm. while we're going the other way, I want to take any uh, unused or actually eaten granola bars that I still have the wrappers for, and I want to crumb up the walkway that the Daleks would try to roll down. <laughs> oh, I dig it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you you do that. Carrie, I'm going to have you, uh, for for using this, uh, this remote control, I'm going to have uh-huh. you roll presence for the performance okay. of trying to talk down the Daleks, and technology okay. for the use okay. of a Game Boy Color. Got it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Do I, do I get anything for voice of authority? Because um, I'm speaking through it. I'm going to say on this occasion, no, because the speaking is okay. going to be done by the Steve Stevens robot. I rolled an eight, so I'm going to use a story point. Okay. Wait, 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 you well, rolled an eight or an eight in total? It's eight total. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's going to be, okay, so an eight, I mean, you're talking about the performance of doing having the robot go out it's and then try good. to try to calm down the Daleks that's yeah. that was always going to be a big ask I would say yeah. it's never I would say keep, yeah. keep those story points but you sure j- but run everyone else is running you are going to want to run I, yeah. I, I hold on to the Game Boy yeah. and run for dear life so yeah. Steve it's not working Steve Stevens uh, like like it's a weekend at Bernie's where the two people carrying him are wearing green screen suits uh, trundles out towards the approaching Daleks, and uh, and his mouth flaps up and down <laughs> as he says, "Hello, guests. Are you going to purchase that?" <laughs> and uh, the lead Dalek simply says, "Exterminate!" And there is a 
blast of laser fire as Steve Stevens' Dalek puppet explodes in uh, a wonderful mixture of rotting matter and Dalek technology as everyone else continues to run in the other direction towards, should I assume, the, the uh, broadcast dish? Yes. The Game yes. Boy screen actually gives you a game over. <laughs> Somewhere in the distance, the smoldering head of Steve Stevens just says, The gift shop is not for browsing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Jar Jar Binks, that whole situation. No, we I needed apologize. the diversion, and it diverted I them. Apologize. It yeah. still worked. As, as you have successfully distracted the Daleks, even though the performance was not convincing, it wasn't about telling them to stop it was about distracting them and on that you rolled a natural 20. Um, you reach the dome with the suppression field dish on the outside the door itself is kind of a standard a kind of cone shape the door swishes open without any issue and you see inside of this dome you see this small control center this kind of terminal but it's not quite what you were expecting. You were expecting, particularly for the doctors, um, you were expecting a kind of a very simple terminal just for suppression. I would say at this point in the, the ongoing conflicts between the, the Daleks and the Time Lords, the Daleks have gotten very good at suppressing TARDISes, about stopping them from being able to materialize, to dematerialize. And so you're probably quite familiar with the type of tech Daleks use to do this. This thing is 50 times more complicated than you would expect this kind of suppression equipment to be. Well, I guess that answers my question about if this is before we came here or not. They clearly know who we are. Yes, yes. In fact, I just need to check something. Uh, can I take my Sonic out uh, and mm -hmm. ask uh, Riley Doctor? Uh, other Doctor, uh, would you be willing to touch hands with me for just a moment? Um, I... I sure i reach out to where he's putting his hand okay so i reach out and touch hand and then i uh try to get a, a sonic reading and look at the watch on my wrist at the same time uh are you are you looking for something in particular yes <laughs> okay <laughs> uh i would like you to do an ingenuity and technology role okay 21 21's a very very good role um, there are a couple of pieces of information I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give to you in this moment. Firstly, as you look at your pocket watch, you can see that the watch itself has stopped, not in the sense of it is, it is not functional, in the sense of there is no time for it to register. I would, I, I think it probably makes sense for the doctor to have, uh, a slightly unusual pocket watch, um, <laughs> that probably is fueled or powered by time rather than necessarily being a wind-up deal it's not ticking forwards because there is no time forwards to tick you sense and riley is now also able to sense this too especially considering your current location um you can feel the web of time now as uh, as riley's doctor definitely knows from the most recent adventures and as joseph's doctor is also aware could have happened rassilon had unmade the web of time the web of time was destroyed at this point, the web of time is starting to re-knit itself back together. It is trying to form a cohesive whole again so that the web of time is solid and secure and able to function in the way that it has. But it's not there yet. And something in this machinery that you are currently standing in front of is designed to try to hold that gap open, to pry that gap open. You're not quite able to determine what that is for just yet, but whatever it is, the Daleks need there to be a big hole in the web of time. 
possibly for them to exploit or take advantage of or, or whatever it is that they may be doing. And it is at this point, I'm also going to have Travis do a little roll. Uh, Travis, could you go ahead and give me um, uh, uh, awareness and technology, please? Um, can't do math. <laughs> uh, it's just numbers. You just take numbers and add other numbers. Uh, 14. Uh, is that with, with, your with no bonuses. Sense? No. Uh, go ahead and add two for tech sensitive. So 16. Uh, being in this room, you are now aware that this is not the only one of these dishes on Scaro. There are 63 other dishes just like this one around the planet. I relay that information. All right. And did the, did Riley Doctor and I have a, a sort of psychic understanding of the the situation of the Web of Time, or is that something we need to verbally discuss with one another? I think that's something that both of you now know uh, because you had made contact. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's something that you, between you, you know, and it's up to you to decide whether you want to share that with the rest of the class. I'm so sad we didn't say contact when we did the hand. <laughs> I'm very sad about that. We need to redo the entire special right now. Uh, uh, yes, my doctor d tries to do things too fast, so uh, when we pull our hands away, I'll say, ooh, contact, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, said yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Contact. Contact. Yep. That was that was that was contact. So yep. we're on the same page about stakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it. I like stakes. Um. Thought. I guess I'm so. I thought we'd solved it. Apparently not. So that's why I was confused when you were asking me about things, as I thought that was like already wrapped up. Nice little. I guess literally thought it was wrapped. I'm. I'm rambling. Continue with what you were going to say. Oh. Uh. I. I have an instinct to smash this machine. I don't think that will help everything since there are lots of them but i just want to hit it with my stick i mean <laughs> you do speak pretty softly so do your thing <laughs> I, I whack this machine with my stick how, how hard do you want to whack it because i'm gonna have you do a roll but uh what is is the intent to, to break it? it impair it and see what difference that makes to have one out of the 60 some gone all right uh go ahead and give me uh we will call it straight up and down strength and i'll say straight up and down strength and fighting okay <laughs> you know your best stats oh yeah <laughs> Every doctor's greatest stats, marksman and killing. Yeah, uh, I, I scored a 14 against this unmoving piece of machinery. Um, you, you hit it. It doesn't seem to be particularly damaged, but there is a now a, a, a warning light flashing on the, on the system. So I'd say that's a no, a no but result. You didn't do much, but it definitely seems to have had some kind of change. Right. Okay. Should I hit it again, other doctor, or do you have an idea? Yeah, I have an idea, and I, I reach out and grab Carrie's softball bat, and then I try to hit it with a softball bat. <laughs> All right. Yeah, give me strength and fighting. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh no, that is an 11. That's so I did, even, I did even worse. You did nothing. Nothing happened. Yeah. And I go, it turns out, and I, I hand the bat back to Carrie, it turns out, same idea, still rubbish. <laughs> Can I give it a go, Doc? I mean, I guess everyone gets a whack at it. Sure, why not? Let's yes! just go for it. Yes! Travis, if you can find Ready. something to hit it with, go for it. I think Travis is actually looking at the other, like, computer banks in the room, but I'll come back <laughs> to that. <laughs> He's a thing for computers now. It's like All right, a whole, yeah, strength What do you want thing. me to add? Strength and fighting. They ran into the wire, they did something to them, and it's it's a whole thing. Right, right. A ten. A ten. Uh, yeah. Carrie has repaired the machine. No, <laughs> Carrie does nothing. The, the, uh, the, the baseball bat comes down, yeah. doing zero damage. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that hitting it, not working. Let's right. try something else. Um, I'm going to see, is there any sort of, like, keyboard or any sort of interface that I can use to try to, like, 
or well, that, that trap. Yeah, that's what I was going to be okay. working towards. But yes, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. There's one of those Dalek uh, like orbs that, you, that they put the suction cup around to operate their machinery. And a chair for some reason. Okay. So you think, Travis? All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to try to, uh, I guess, hack into this computer as best as I can. Just I want to see where the locations of all of the terminals are throughout the planet. So we have like a rough idea of like the infrastructure of it. All right. Go ahead and give me ingenuity and technology. And I believe you do you have tech adept. Yes, I do. Give me a plus two for tech adept, please. 16. 16 is pretty good. Um, you are definitely able to uh, f basically find the network. It's these machines. There are 63 other machines, and they all seem to be networked to uh, some kind of large chamber at the core of the planet. Okay, yeah, that's basically what I was looking for, is if they were yeah. centrally tied into something or if there was a way to exploit it. So, uh, hey, everyone, um, and I call everyone over to the computer and I show the diagram. It says, so I think that if we make our way to this central node, that might take care of the much, much, much larger problem, but not the much, 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 much larger problem of us being on a planet of Daleks. Right. For that one... Travis, you seem to be good with this computer stuff, and you're already doing that with the knobs and the whatnot. So could you try to set the one farthest from us to be having the alarm and not this one? Oh, I know I like the doctor in every form. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'll just say with the role that you did that you do that. The alarms are now blaring on the other side of the planet, and you can hear outside there were Daleks approaching. You hear them kind of barking alerts at each other and start to turn and head in the other direction. Yeah. Wonderful. That's very clever. I like you, Travis. I like you, Doctor. Oh, I still like you. you, Doctor, too. Like, no, the, the, it, I now just have two of my close friends. It's amazing. What is the route to uh, the, the core, to the hub? The I, I, pull it, I pull it up, and the computer says... Um, this application has suffered a fatal error and must be shut down. If you <laughs> continue to encounter this issue, please contact your system administrator. Uh, no, it, um, there's, a, there's a door nearby. Actually, conveniently, on the other side of the street you are currently on. That leads to... It, it, how, how far is it? From here? It's like maybe 15, 20 foot? Uh, no, the, the, the core. Oh, it's all the way down there. Oh, great. It's like way yeah. down there. The good, I, I do have sense of direction, so I think like once Travis kind of gets an idea of the map, like I might be able to lead us there. You definitely won't have to worry about taking the stairs, so that's up. All right, so so Travis, can you can you lead us there? Do you need another granola bar to do it? Uh, no, I'm still pretty full. That's the beauty about a granola bar; they kind of keep you filled up for a while. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess uh, follow me. So you leave the little structure, you can see Daleks off in the distance, and some in the air as they are taking off to explore the, the, what, the, the terminal on the other side of the planet. And you see a doorway directly ahead of you. This is the door, Travis, that you saw on the map. This door is different. This is not a conical, slides open at a 90 degree angle kind of door. This is a large door gargantuan by Dalek standards. It's, it's maybe 12 to 15 foot tall, uh, straight edges with a gently curved kind of archway top. And there, there are door handles made of a polished brass at about the height you would expect them to be for uh, humanoid access. And the door itself is made of a very deep, dark, varnished wood. Uh, I open the door. All right. Um, the door opens leading to a very nondescript corridor this could be any corridor any of you have walked down 
in your life, particularly if you've been to a, uh, a, a self-storage unit at any point in the last five to ten years. But it's just very plain, plain concrete floors, sheet metal walls. It's maybe about, it's a little wider than self-storage corridors are. It's like maybe five to ten foot wide. And uh, you can hear these lights kind of chunk, 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 chunk on into the distance as they lead to a very ordinary what appears to be just an ordinary human-shaped, human-sized door at the end. And when I say human-shaped, I do mean rectangular. It is not, you know, it's not a this hole is made for me situation. It's, it's not just, like a, uh, a cartoon character went yeah. through a wall and someone bricked yeah. the door into it. Okay. It's, it is Roger Rabbit-shaped, and it is... No, it's just a, just a door. It's just a rectangular, you know, probably bought it at Lowe's. Just door. Just a regular door. Well, uh, my doctor will just hustle down the hallway and say, uh, Doctor, what is your favorite treat? Um, oh boy, um, big fan of the peanut butter and chocolate cups. Those are really good. Ooh, yes, yes, especially they the melt hol- so fast. Yeah, the, well, the holiday ones especially, they have the, the thicker piece of peanut butter in. Oh, more of a peanut butter thing in general, but yeah, those ones are the, really good. The pumpkin ones, doctor, they have the thickest peanut butter of all. Mm. Yeah, but mm. she, uh, she makes a good point, yeah. Very messy in the satchel, very messy. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't. I try not to keep them on me all the time. I have them in TARDIS, so you know they're, they're a treat. They're not a everyday. Uh, anyway, okay, so like, I'm understanding Time Lord Tech. You can have something not be stale because it's time related, but you can't have a non melting wrapper. <laughs> I got it. Okay, it makes no it makes sense. It makes sense. I could have if I thought about it, but I just didn't. <laughs> I think I, that's a really good idea, and I'm going to start doing it with mine. In fact, like I kind of forgot that I did it with the canola balls, but now, now I'm remembering, and I'm going to take that. It's a good idea. I Honestly, what I should do is make it so Carrie's uh, fanny pack there, or sorry, I, I'm the doctor, I'm British, hang on. What I should do is make it so that Carrie's bum bag there is, is constantly preserving whatever's inside of it. But that's, well, we'll get to that at some other point in time. No, I think it's I think it's very good that you are focused on fun and flavor. That's a good way for the doctor to be. You reach the the plain wooden door. You can see now that you are closer to it that it is green. It is a very nondescript. Like it was probably a vibrant green when it was painted, but it's faded with time into this kind of now kind of almost military green, this kind of faded unit jeep green. Does it say push to open? Uh, it just has a handle on it. Okay. Um I, I go, Doctor, do you want to be honest or should I? Oh, you know what? I often open things very quickly. So please, why don't you go ahead? Uh, all right. It's, you, know, you don't have to be that polite. And then I, I open the door and I, op- I, I see what happens. Okay. Uh, the door opens into a large uh, chamber. And this is probably more what you were expecting in the heart of Scaro. This is kind of a large kind of circular room with brass and gold and, and kind of bronze highlights all over the place. And sitting in the, the center of this room is a chair. And you can see that this chair has, it's a, it's a metal seat with, with arm and leg straps. And what to Carrie and Travis would appear to be a punk rock colander adorned with needles and spikes. But the doctors know better. You both immediately recognize this for what it is. It is a mind probe. Mmm. Not a fan of that. Last time I saw one of these, they had a really sharp, long needle, and I don't like that. Uh, Alright, I'm going to go closer and uh, see if there's any other details, any evidence of it being used recently, uh, see what it's hooked up to, all that kind of stuff. 
while he's doing that, I'm gonna kind of glance around the room and look for movement to make sure that there's not somebody in here watching us. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, there's definitely someone else in here kind of lurking in the periphery of the room in the shadows. Okay. Ooh. You can see a humanoid shape. Okay, I, I want to roll for um, some sort of like subterfuge to like mm-hmm. not indicate to that person that I'm aware they're there. Like I want to I want to have noticed them in my periphery. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to make that presence and subterfuge. Okay. Ooh, that's awesome. Uh, a base of eight, and then I rolled an eleven, so that's gonna be night. That's gonna be nineteen. Ooh, that is that is a good roll. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's that. I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a yes and, and I don't know what the and should be. Michael, any suggestions? Can I say? Can I make a suggestion since that was my roll? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I the and be that I'm able to subtly make sure everybody else knows that I'm a, uh, that I've made like like I've I've able to, to clue in my party on the presence without cluing in the person as well. I was just about to ask that. Yeah, you can you can probably kind of indicate via subtle hand signals, and I would imagine you're probably still uh, contact up, contacted up. That your psychic bond with with Joseph's doctor is probably still in place. Oh yeah, so I go contact. We're being yeah. watched. <laughs> <laughs> and I say inside my head, right? I forget to check for that. Uh, <laughs> That's why I'm here again. Again. Always check for Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Travis and Carrie are definitely, uh, they, they pick up on the the, the the cue that you're giving them that, that there's someone else in the room. Uh, am I able to look at the mind probe more closely and see if what, what I think its condition is and all that kind of stuff? Uh, you absolutely can. I'm not, I'm not going to have you do any rolls for that, but I, here's what I will tell you. You are able to determine this is a, this is a fresh piece of kit. This thing has just been built. It is shiny, clean metal. There's no scuff marks. There's no uh, like no rings, right? Where someone's put their drink down while they've worked and then have picked it up late. It's like put, this is this is a pristine piece of kit, fresh out of the box, just been assembled. The Allen wrench is still on the floor, and it uh, there is a terminal behind it with another one of those kind of Dalek suction cup receiving spheres balls. And it, it is it is very clearly built by Daleks, not for Daleks. Right. Okay. So I, with our contact, if if we can keep communicating with the the doctors, can yeah. communicate with one another. Uh, I think I say, hey, how about if I make uh, a lot of noise and draw our uh, our friend out in the shadows, and then you can be ready for them. That's a good idea. Um, let me get my associates and I and see if we can flank them. So what I'm doing while so. I, I'm, I'm kind of assuming this is all happening simultaneously. Like, while mm-hmm. he's looking at the chair, he's communicating that to me. I've communicated to him. Yes. So I am looking around the room like I'm just gawking at the room. And then I have basically gotten to where I am on the left of it. And Carrie and Travis are on the right. So that if it moves towards us, we can now flank it. Okay. So if the other doctor has uh, indicated that the flanking is ready, uh, I will make a loud uh, presence, my, my presence known. All right. Is that uh, where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. Excellent. Uh, so I take my walking stick and I uh, bang on the mind probe and go, mind probe, mind probe. <laughs> Very interesting. I wonder what a mind probe is doing here in Scarrow. 
a, a humanoid woman in a lab coat steps out and you also see that she has a Dalek ice stalk emerging from her forehead in the way that Dalek puppets do. And Travis and uh, Riley's doctor, you both immediately recognize this woman as Dr. Joan Hodgman, who was the scientist in charge of the Staycation Dome. All the way back at the end of season one, the, the woman who was a traitor and who was responsible for zapping you into the Paolo universe in the first place. And she says, well, it's an absolute pleasure to see you again, Doctor, especially so soon after, our, after your last visit. Uh, that's fairly relative. Um, what are you doing here still? Uh, well, I, as I'm sure you, I, I died. And then the, uh, I, I, I think, I know, in fact, I don't know why I'm being so coy about this. The original occupants of this planet, who had previously been unmade by, uh, I believe, your people, Doctor, um, they came back, uh, the Daleks returned, and those of us who were not caught in the temporal wake of the destruction of Colony 47, either by the Time Lords many, many hundreds of years ago at this point, from your perspective, or certainly from the planet's perspective, were, were converted for use uh, as Dalek puppets. I, I think the Daleks have figured out, after many centuries, that they're not the most effective communicators. So that's largely what I am for, what we are for, really. But also I think they just saw in me a tremendous intellect. Who's the guy with the stick? You were not here. Is this Travis? Is, are you the Travis one? I, can't, I genuinely cannot remember. Oh, me? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yes. You don't know? I, I personally don't. I thought you had no. a tremendously large intellect. Oh, that's weird. Ooh, oh, that's um, the insult I was going to use. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, well, you did. So there you go. <laughs> Great mind think alike. <laughs> uh, do do we get the sense that that she uh, uh, is speaking? very human-like and a good communicator, but that she is still under Dalek control? She's absolutely 100% under Dalek control, yes. Yeah, okay. and, and also you could probably tell by my body language with her, she wasn't exactly the best human when she was a human, so yeah. Yeah, she's not a pleasant person. Right. How physically close are we all together? Where Where is she? Uh, I would say if, I think I said this room was like 40 foot in diameter with a chair in the middle, I would say that she's from where you are, she's kind of stepped out from the outskirts of the shadows of the room. She's maybe 10 foot away from, from where you are because she was walking towards you having made the noise at the mind probe. So she's like, I would say about 10 foot away from you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to keep kind of tapping on some of the mind probe machinery and just kind of to make noise and draw focus to myself and say, so uh, wh what, is, what is this for? What is this about? Uh, if you're under control of the Daleks and you like to speak... The Daleks always just shout their plan, so if, if you could shout their plan to me a little quieter, I'd appreciate it. Well, I mean, that's, that's largely why they, they use Dalek puppets, but I, I will say this, I would I'd prefer that you not hit it with, with the stick, please. I, I, would, I, would, I would really rather you didn't do that. I would rather I didn't do it either, but I'm gonna keep doing it until you tell me what it's for. Okay, well, I mean, I just, I just don't want you to put yourself in a situation that you're not gonna be able to get out of. It's, right. it's my primary. Right. So you mean to do violence to us, correct? Oh, I'm I'm listen, I'm just going to say this. I have no intention of committing any acts of violence right now. Right. But there are other there are certainly other people for a given value of people who may have different feelings with regards to you doctor and you doctor and of course now I think I know which one of you is Travis and she gestures over to carry. 
And uh, she says, I want you to be clear. I'm not concerned that you're going to damage the machinery. That is, I think, impossible at this stage. No, I'm more worried. I, I, I just don't like the noise. It's just annoying. It's just an annoying sound. So just, uh, It just bugs me. I stop, uh, I stop tapping it, and I hold the stick out, and I rush her with it. I don't actually hit her, but I just rush towards her, yelling, It's a time stick, you fool! It's a time stick! <laughs> <laughs> so what is happening right now? <laughs> are, you, are you going for a lunge? Are you planning on just kind of walking forward with it? Or uh, I'm going is, for a lunge that's not actually making contact. I'm trying to uh, intimidate her and see how she reacts. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's call this presence and ooh, fighting is probably wrong because you're not actually fighting. It's subterfuge. Possibly, subterfuge, yeah. I think, feels the closest because you are kind of faking an attack. Mm -hmm. And you've got voice of authority as well, so go ahead and give yourself a plus two for that. Okay. 16. 16. All right, she she does take a step back. She's a, she, she seems visibly concerned about the fact that you're about, you seem to be about to hit her with a stick. And she says, hey, okay, all right, let's, let's take a second. Uh, I don't think there's any need to resort to, to violence, and certainly that doesn't seem to be your usual uh, thing with the Daleks. So let's let's take a second. So we were set up that mm -hmm. Carrie and and Travis were on one side, and Riley's doctor was on the other. Are we still in those like flanking positions? Yes. I think Travis is going to try to subdue while while the Joseph doctor is uh, you know waving the time stick. All right, uh, let's do it. Let's go for, let's straight up call that uh, coordination. And what is the action that you're actually going to do? I think I'm going the same thing. Arms like disarming, you know, arms behind the back kind of thing. Like it worked pretty efficiently last time. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll call that uh, strength and athletics, I think is the best role for that. Brave? Yeah, I'll give you plus two for that. Uh, 13. 13. Uh, I'm going. Actually, I'm not going to have her counter roll because she's not expecting it. So you do that. You you have her now in a uh, in an arms locked situation, and she uh, you're holding her with kind of her arms behind her back. Yeah. And she she turns to look at you and she says, "Travis, it's coming back to me now. I I, I remember how how's your how's your little friend? How is uh, how is how is Amelia doing?" <laughs> With that, Travis sees red and pushes her into the uh, mind probe chair. <laughs> oh, okay, there's going to be a struggle here, so I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna need for this one strength and fighting. I am not giving myself brave on this one because he's kind of been goaded into this. Yeah. Oh, I I I I didn't roll all too well. I have an eight in total. Um, uh, Joan Hodgman has rolled an eleven. Can um, I so can I help Travis with that? Since I was yeah, you can help Travis. The whole idea that. was that I was flanking to help him out. So I think if I yeah. saw him make that move, I would immediately join in try to help him. So what should I roll to, to help out? Uh, let's do the same. Let Let's call for you. We'll call it strength. And if you're helping Travis, we'll say strength and athletics. Okay. Okay. So that's an eleven as my base roll. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say that collectively, the both of you have a yes, but. You are able to get her into the seat, but she's struggling too much for you to be able to, like, 
strap her in, um, and she is still actively struggling against you. Doctor, uh, doctor, this is a way you can support me right now. Happy <laughs> to do it. Uh, I'll grab the mind probe and try to get the mind probe on this human Dalek puppet. Okay. Uh, I think just putting it on her head, I think, it, I think she is still fighting. So let's go ahead and have you do strength and technology, which is an unusual roll. As I drop my dice on the floor, and I'll counter roll for that. Oh, these are some magic dice. Uh, 15. 15's good. I do beat that, though, by one. Well, <laughs> which, which puts you in no butt territory. Okay, well, uh, there, there seems to be an energy of determination, and the doctor's eyes look a little bit uh, more violent than this doctor that you've known, uh, and I use some story points to force it onto her head, if I may. If you want to take it to a yes but, that's one. If you want to go to a straight up and down yes, it's two. I will spend two points to get this mind probe on. All right. Uh, the three of you force her to kind of take a seat. You're able to get the straps on, and then Joseph's doctor, you were able to put the mind probe on her head. And the whole time she is kind of looking at you, you've, you've actually never seen her look this angry, or in the case of Joseph's doctor, ever before. Uh, but she's definitely kind of trying to struggle against this now as you've tightened the straps and put the mind probe on her head. And she says to you, what do, what do you think this is going to accomplish? I'm already dead. So remind me of how this specific mind probe works, because I assume the doctor knows. The, well, the mind probes are typically used to forcibly and uh, and quite painfully extract information. Yes. This particular mind probe looks like it's also designed to extract genetic data as well. Okay. So uh, I'll go to work on the mind probe, and I want to know what... Uh, if, the, if I can get any human memory from her, I'll take that. Otherwise, I'll try to use this to access her connection to the Daleks. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Um, go ahead and give me Ingenuity and Tech for that one. And I think you have Tech Adept, so you can add plus two for that. I like that they just turned... Potentially, you've just turned Dr. Joan Hodgman into a PathWeb Wi-Fi router. <laughs> which is <laughs> pretty good. Okay, 20. 20. So, with that role, you engage the mind probe, and Joan Hodgman's face changes. Whatever expression she held before begins to shift and contort into one of discomfort, then pain. In fact, the only thing stopping her from screaming is the fact that there isn't enough humanity left in her to scream with. But the terminal behind the mind probe is extracting some detailed information. You learn that this is, in fact, a Joan Hodgman from a parallel universe. A Joan Hodgman who lived in a parallel Colony 47, who worked for an alternate staycation dome. But she is, still, a genius. She still built the technology that took advantage of a weakness in space-time to sell vacations to parallel universes. This Joan Hodgman was pulled through to this universe when the reactor at the heart of this universe's staycation dome went critical. And when the timeline reasserted itself and the Daleks were restored, she was captured and converted into a Dalek puppet. You see, the Daleks had a plan, and Joan Hodgman's astounding intellect would help their cause. The Daleks were angry, angrier than usual. Rassilon had collapsed the web of time and erased the Daleks from history, made it so they had never even existed. That would have been the end of it. Erased forever, never known, never to be known. A Dalek-free universe. But Travis, Carrie, and Riley's doctor stopped Rassilon, stopped the Perfector, and undid the damage he'd done to history. By restoring the Web of Time, by restoring the Daleks, the Daleks were able to perceive 
the oblivion they had been exiled to. They existed outside of time, an endless, timeless torment, left alone with an ever-growing fury for eternities. They could observe, but not interfere. They had no presence with which to conquer, no means to exterminate. They saw what Vassalon did, what he'd planned, and they began to form a plan of their own. The web of time has been restored. Almost. It's still healing, still knitting itself back together, but there is an open wound. And the Daleks believe that by prying that wound open, they can pull an infinite number of duplicates of Skara and spread them throughout the universe. And so the moment the Daleks were restored, they built the Skaro Recursion, a network of 64 transmitters in key locations across the surface of the planet. Using the Skaro Recursion, they can put countless copies of the Dalek homeworld throughout the universe. Every solar system, every constellation, every galaxy, each one would receive perfect copies of Skaro, populated by perfect copies of Daleks, all ready to spread out and slaughter the cosmos. But then, visitors came. First, you, the Doctor, Joseph's Doctor specifically, because the Daleks have calculated that, thanks to the confluence of coincidence, the wounded web of time, the restoration of a planet erased from history, and the arrival of not just the Doctor, but another future incarnation of the Doctor, these things align to give the Daleks a one in a billion chance to influence inform and corrupt the Doctor's regeneration. Using this device, this mind probe, they can influence your regeneration, Joseph, allowing them to create a bespoke, Dalek-friendly, Dalek-positive incarnation of the Doctor, turning their greatest enemy into their greatest ally. An ally who can help them conquer the universe. But that's not the only discovery they've made. You see, some moments ago, Someone tapped into their network. Someone whose body is human, but whose mind is more. Someone who has been augmented, enhanced, improved by exposure to the wire. The Daleks have detected in Travis a 100% digital variant of the human factor, and they are very interested in acquiring it. So there's something of a three-prong plan at play here for the Daleks complete the Skaro recursion, augment the Doctor using the mind probe, and slash or use that same mind probe to extract the human factor from Travis's digitized mind. And that's the information you were able to pull from the machine with your, with your, uh, I think that was an okay role. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> okay, Joseph, go ahead and repeat all that so our characters know it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Contact. All right, so now I have it. <laughs> so... I can't sit in this mind probe. You, Travis, can't sit in this mind probe. We need to shut it down. We need to shut down all of the satellites and we need to allow the web of time to heal itself. And then also we still need to go to the place that I wanted to go to. So, it's easy. It's a bullet pointed list. Let's uh, let's get started. Let's just run down the bullet points. Uh, first, we're doing really well on the first one because neither myself nor you, Travis, are in the mind probe. She is. Perhaps we can use it to influence the Daleks. Can we rig some sort of feedback loop on her so that she shorts out the uh, 
mind probe because this wasn't meant for her and she has, I guess, Dalek and human consciousness going on, which is not really what this was meant to do. Can we uh, use her to sabotage this network? I, it seems like the thing to try to do. Um, it, just for clarification, uh, Game Master, is this the hub where all of the other uh, equipment is all the other 64 is attached to or are we not there yet? oh no that's you are you are this is a chamber that's still on the dalek surface you need to find your way still down to the the central chamber at the planet's core where the the what you now know is the heart of the scarvo recursion is located okay uh i'm i i ask uh the mind of this person if the daleks have ships on scarrow um there are there are always Dalek ships. There are ships in orbit. There are shuttles uh, around the city and scattered around the planet. Mostly there are levitating platforms that the Daleks use to get around when just hovering on your own doesn't seem to, you know, doesn't seem swish or cool or sci-fi enough. <laughs> okay, good to know. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I, I think we should try to get her to tell the Daleks to turn everything off, to turn power down all of their technology, including the hubs. You gonna how how do you want to do that? Uh, I'm just gonna I, I want to do uh, tech stuff with Travis and with other doctor combining all of our our tech to see if we can either technologically basically send a a neural impulse and a thought back to all of the Daleks or if and if that doesn't work then we'll get into violence. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. Okay. Let's make this, uh, if the three of you want to coordinate your plan, and then the three of you, if you roll Ingenuity and Technology. Okay. With Tech Adept, if you got it, yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, I rolled Snake Eyes, and I don't have Lucky, so I have a 12. I have a 19. That's good. 23. That's very, very good. I will say, with Joan Hodgman's counter roll, because she is still trying to fight against the, the Mind Probe, right now you guys are at a yes, but... So you will be able to shut down the Dalek tech. You will not be able to shut down all of the Daleks. So there will still be Daleks on your tail, whatever you do, wherever you go. I would say certainly with everything that you've done in this room so far, they're definitely aware of your presence and your current location. Right, so I want to send the thought through Joan. Uh, please tell all of the technology, including that hub that is beneath us, to shut down. And also tell the Daleks it's time for a nap. And Joan, if you can, just try to feel happy. Wait, wait, Doctor, I have a better idea. Okay. Joan, Joan, how many, uh, how many Dalek puppets do you think there are on Scarrow right about now, including yourself? Uh, she, actually, I'm going to have her do a, a roll quick to see if she's able to resist. Um, but you've got voice of authority, so I'm going to give her a negative two to that. Mm -hmm. And she whiffs that roll. She says uh, about a dozen. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going to do. Uh... Do all those things that the doc just said, but instead of going to sleep, I want you to, to broadcast this message. And I re I want her to rebroadcast herself saying that the Daleks are bad at something and they need somebody else's superior intellect in order to be able to do it. Because I feel like that is completely uh, antithetical to the entire basis of belief of the Daleks. So I think that I want this Dalek puppet to transmit to the Daleks that she thinks that she is superior to the Daleks and or that the puppets are superior to the Daleks in any way. And this is essentially me making the Daleks turn on their own puppets and focus their energy on destroying their puppets instead of us. Joan, Joan, you can see her trying to resist against this and then you kind of see, you watch the discomfort on her face as she says, I... I don't want to... 
I'm 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 better than the the Daleks. The the Daleks are inferior t- to me. Yes. And and I'm I'm superior to them in a key aspect. And they 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 can't even wear pants. They just it, it's it's just <laughs> it's skirts or or a, a, a towel. They can wear. A, they can't I, eat granola bars. They, Tell them they can't they, eat granola bars. They can't even eat granola bars. Oh, and also, I I also want to add in that the implication is that there are imperfect Daleks roaming the planet of Skara right now, because that's also a problem for the Daleks. So I'm basically turning the Daleks upon in on themselves completely. The the, the Daleks are bad and not good. They're terrible and they they don't fully understand the rules of chess, even though they say that they play it all the time. they look like pawns. <laughs> they look like big dumb pawns, and they're stupid and just not perfect. They're imperfect. And you can hear outside of the dome you're in. You can hear other Dalek puppets. There aren't many of them, like I said. There's about a dozen or so. But you can hear like a couple of other kind of within earshot, echoing this sentiment. And then there's the sound of of Dalek laser fire. And then you you can hear infighting among the Daleks outside. And Joan Hodgman passes out in the chair. All right, we need to go now. Is the hub shut down? Most of everything in the in the Dalek hub is shut down. The central chamber at the core of the planet is not shut down. Okay. There is another thing that is still active, and it is the elevator control to the central hub. And as luck would have it, this entire chamber is an elevator to the central core of the planet. Okay. Well, I think we probably hit go on that elevator since we got to go down there. Yep. All right. You hit the button and it starts to move down and you see the walls kind of slide away. The little wooden green door up and vanishes up into the distance. The walls are whizzing past you. You don't feel the the, the G's as, the, as this platform descends into the core of the planet, but you can see it whizzing by as, as all these levels and markers and scorched marks where the Daleks have, have tunneled down into the core of their own planet. Daleks, very talented at digging into the center of a planet. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's one of their main things. And you can, get- can we pull like the wires out of the back of the mind probe while this is going on just to make sure it doesn't work like just something simple like we don't have to fully destroy it but like you know it's a it's a dangerous chair if you just want to like pull the wires out if you just want to give me strength and tech i yeah. think that'll probably do it only a 10 i rolled very poorly that's right. been me this entire game i just <laughs> You see, uh, Carrie, you see Travis kind of struggling trying to pull pull wires and cables out of the back of the thing, but he's not having a lot of luck. It's like they don't want to give. Carrie, Carrie, just give it a whack. <gasps> yes. All right, give me strength and fighting with a plus... Do we say plus two or plus four for the baseball bat? It was plus two for the bat. All right, do it. Oh, you couldn't even lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's one heck of a bat if it has a plus four. 16? 16's good. You start wailing on this thing, like Ace wailing on the Dalek in Remembrance of the Daleks. And this chair is is just sparks are coming out of it. It is it is not having a good time. There are dents, there are cables, there there's a small explosion. Joan Hodgman is kind of propelled off of the chair and lands slumped unconscious on the floor, just in time as this gentle shunk of the elevator coming to a rest and you see a door very similar to the door led you into this this building this wooden door with these two brass handles and an archway and you can see lights flashing from uh there's there's these circular glass windows on the wooden on the wooden floor and you can see lights flashing and you can see what looks like a gas some kind of gas leak spraying out 
and it looks like carnage and chaos in there. Whatever is going on in there, it is not good. So, what do you think, Doctor? Do you think uh, the Daleks are having a conversation with one another in there the way they do? Yeah, I think so. Do you think it's going to go on for a while? Should we, should we wait, or should we just go in? Sounds like we have someone we need to be, maybe we shouldn't wait any longer. That's what I like to hear. Uh, he rushes forward and opens the door. Alright, you open the door and you see a certain amount of chaos. There are no Daleks in this room, I want to stress this. But there is fire, there is a rudimentary spl- sprinkler system that is not sprinkling, it is dripping. It's bad, it's bad design. Uh, and there is a computer terminal hooked up to this massive generator, not dissimilar from the one that you saw in the, the, the domed chamber that you were in. And there are 64 large, thick, fat pipes kind of building into this thing. And there are a number of dials and displays in, in various different Khalid languages and numbers that you are able to recognize, all showing critical and dangerous. And you get the feeling that this thing is going for a cataclysmic overload. Right. So... If I understand the situation correctly, I believe we already did great damage to this machine, and we have verified it by coming dangerously close to it. Yep, sounds like the, sounds like the situation at hand, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to double-check just in case. So I'm going to go to a, a... If there's a panel... Yes. I want to uh, make sure that if we just get out of there and <laughs> race the explosion away, that it is going to explode. All right, you, you go to a panel, you read the panel, and... Absolutely, this thing is about to go critical, and its position in the planet, the strength of the detonation, would destroy Scaro. It would destroy Scaro for good. It's not the first time Scaro's been destroyed, it probably won't be the last time, but on this occasion, certainly, you get the feeling this would be it. But there is no way you would have enough time to get up in the elevator, out of the city, and back to your TARDIS. You can, however, stop the overload. The downside is, Doing so would flood this room, the room that you are in right now, with lethal radiation. All right, Doctor. Yes? Take my friends to your TARDIS and get out of here. I totally agree with you, but opposite. No, you... You leave with your friends, go to... Well, hell, I'll just say it. Go to my TARDIS, and uh, everything will be fine. But, no, see, because, like, I've already... I've already been through the... If if you die, then I might not be me, but if I die, somebody else will... Like like me or another bloke will just take off and it'll be fine. Let's... What? uh, We we can both agree on sending your friends away, correct? Right, yeah, they should be safe. That should be step one. So, now-ish, I think they should go would be my vote. I don't... I'm, I'm simply voting. I don't want any more death here. I think they should run now. Well, when I say run, you run. And that's, that is me saying it, so, yeah, run. I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about leaving you behind, Doc. Yeah. It's not really Either of you. our, not really our, our style. Uh, okay, so I am going to jump forward and uh, into the room and start the uh, shutdown process. All right, go ahead and give me, and I love that impulse. I'm actually going to give you a couple of story points back for that. Go ahead and give me uh, ingenuity and technology. Okay. 22. Okay. As you start to uh, operate the machinery, a, a staticky green force field generates around the terminal, around the machinery, and around you. And you hear, you hear an emergency voice say, uh, 
Okay, where is the actual, within this containment field, where is the actual radiation coming from? It's going to come from the exact, the terminal in front of you that you are now contained with. Okay, so uh, have I actually shut the thing down then? Is the contamination it's, coming out yet? It hasn't started yet. Uh, I think for the sake of narrative drama, I think you're in the process of doing that. You are, you are tweaking dials and Carrie, Travis and Riley's doctor have seen this force field go up and are now watching you kind of get to work with this machinery. Okay, if I can detect where I think the actual radiation is venting from, mm -hmm. I am going to put my uh, dimensionally engineered satchel over it to absorb the radiation. Um, go ahead and give me, give me ingenuity and knowledge for this one. Uh, 25. Okay. You can, you can put, there's a couple of areas where the radiation is likely to, to kind of leak from, and you're able to spy two different points. So you have a 50-50 shot of getting this right, but you can definitely see them, and you are able to eyeball where the, where the radiation is, is likely to come from. It's going to be one or the other. Wait, wait, Doctor, we're, we're, we're not thinking this through. Uh, no, I, I often don't. Uh, I'm going to put the satchel over the higher of the two places. Doctor! Okay. Doctor! You do that. I think I have a little bit of the radiation contained. Maybe that will buy us enough time. I always like to keep running. Maybe we can all run out of here together. That is a very great thought that you have as radiation starts to spill out from the other nozzle, vented into this, this spherical force field. And it's like a crystal ball of swirling green and purple mists and smokes. And all of the radiation, uh, Joseph, your doctor, is just is just hit with it. And you can feel every atom in your body drawing this radiation in and getting weaker and weaker. And then as the, the sphere clears and your body has absorbed all of that radiation, the green force field fists out of existence and you can feel your body weakened near death as Riley's doctor, Travis and Carrie watch you slumping over the control console in front of you. I use my walking stick to try to prop myself up as much as possible, and then I very weakly say, Ta-da! <laughs> oh, you not an old fool! You could have let me do it! Uh, less, less talking, more going. Let's get to the place we need to be. Uh, we still need to go northwest. Wait, this, is, this isn't the place you need to be? Uh, it was apparently one of the places uh, <sighs> I need to be. You have taught me to always look for Daleks. You always remember bullet points. We have one left. All right, fine. Uh, Carrie, help me ca carry him. I'm sorry, it's, a, it's not a pun on purpose. It just happens to be your name. Um, and you're the, no, strong, no, you're the no, it's okay. strongest I got, of us. I, I got you. He's, he's talking crazy. <laughs> Let's get him over to a safe place. Yeah, so we, we, we like, shoulder him, and we, 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 we can end up Bernie's him into the other room to hit the elevator yeah. button. You you hit the elevator button, and the panel zoops up again. The reverse of the effect we used previously to save money as the tunnel whizzes down past you, and you can see the light above you of the, the chamber that you were in, and the, the elevator comes to a stop, and there's the green wooden door in front of you. Do I feel safe to make contact with Riley's doctor without uh, passing on any radiation? Yes, you can do that. Okay. We've uh, turned off the, the machine. Uh, contact? C contact. Uh, what do we sense when we have contact? Are you trying to sense something in particular? The state of the web of time. The web of time. The web of time has almost completely healed. You can feel the last seams knitting themselves back together now that the Scaro recursor is no longer 
holding the wound open. The one thing that you cannot detect, however, is the presence of any Daleks in the area. There are no sounds, no whirring of machinery, no angry screaming. The Dalek city is eerily silent. Thank you for checking for Daleks. <laughs> I will try to remember uh, for the time that I have to remember things. Uh, are you willing to go with me now? Northwest. Yes, to... you, yes, you old fool. I'll go wherever you want to go. Just, let's just do it. You walk down the hallway, that long hallway like the corridors of a self-storage building, reach the large wooden door, and step out into the silver city of the Daleks. And once your eyes have adjusted to the Skaro sun, you see, directly ahead of you, a pair of Daleks. But they aren't moving. Their eye stalks sit inactive. Their plunger arm and egg whisk laser hang inert and lifeless. And as you look around the city street, you see other Daleks similarly positioned. None of the Daleks move at all. They seem lifeless. In fact, if you had to put a word to it, they seem to be sleeping. Acutely aware that they may wake up at any moment, you move through the crowd of Daleks, heading northwest, out of the city, across mud and chalk and barren land, probably the same 20 to 30 foot of Welsh quarry, looped like an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon, until you reach your destination. It is a blue box adorned with words like free for use of public and pull to open. Uh, let me, let me do this. I don't know how much time I have and I'm gonna keep trying to take actions that feel like they would be good as my last. <sighs> so he uh, heaves up the walking stick and taps on the door of his own TARDIS. The TARDIS door opens and a voice from inside says, if there's anybody I haven't met out there, could you just wait outside? It, it's rude for, for time. Just thinking it over. I think you've met all of them, but I don't know in what order, so it's up to you. Well, I don't know who you are, so de nope. <laughs> I mean, we're, already, we're already nil for nil. So, who's that? I... Uh, it, you know me, correct? Right? Uh, that's the whole... Oh, Lord, there's two of you? Oh, this is uh, not... You uh, never tell me anything about the... Come in. Thank you. <laughs> I am on Death's door and my own TARDIS's door. <clears throat> so, uh, hobble in. Uh, who else is, 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 is coming into the TARDIS at this point? It would be all I, of us, right? I'm absolutely yeah, going, yeah. I'm absolutely going into that TARDIS. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Alright, uh, you walk in to Joseph's Doctor's TARDIS. Now, Joseph, this is where you get... I realise we had not asked you about this, but if you had to describe the aesthetic of your your TARDIS, how would you describe it? Yeah, it is, uh, it's nice and uh, wooden, uh, it, but it is very, very banged up. Like, maybe once it was this really nice Victorian thing, but there are scuff marks on the floor and parts of the TARDIS that are metal. Uh, like, uh, tubes have been uh, wrapped around, like, the top of the ceiling that used to be under the console, and they're dripping. And there are cases and posters everywhere. It looks like a travel agent's office and a museum mixed together. <laughs> there's no taxidermy. There's nothing mean like that. There's nothing uh, that isn't a celebration of life and adventure, but banners and posters and uh, old uh, weapons and armor and different bits of clothing that look familiar to you from times past, perhaps. It looked like it once had a good organization, but now it's just getting cluttered like a museum uh, run by a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Riley, you definitely, I think that your doctor probably feels a pang of nostalgia mm-hmm. or, or something. This is recognition. This, this was your TARDIS uh, in another life. Uh, possibly over several lives, depending on whether they had the budget to rebuild the set. Well, but the problem is all the wood warped, so they couldn't use that set anymore after his era. That's why I have mine. <laughs> you all enter. Jo- Joseph's doctor hobbles in. Riley's doctor is kind of pushed away in as as Travis and Carrie follow. And you see a man with several different coats and jackets and outfits kind of slumped over the console. He's not leaning against the console. In fact, he's looking at a full length mirror um, with his back to you as he's kind of holding up different outfits to himself. And he turns around and looks at you all. And you definitely remember the face. He's a lot younger than you've ever seen him. And he doesn't even have a beard yet. He just has a gentle amount of stubble. But this is Roman. This is Roman at the absolute youngest that any of you, with with the exception of of Joseph's doctor, have ever seen him. Go with the pink, it suits you. Ooh, I was the... Wait a second. And uh, uh, youngest Roman is going to turn around and briefly see to him a new doctor and companions and then quickly put his hand over his eyes and go... All right, there's a there's a reasonable chance I'm going to meet those companions later, and I shouldn't know them. So, would you to mind like I don't hiding behind the sofa or something? Um, I don't want to break more rules than I have to. Oh me, yeah. No, Carrie. Travis. No. Oh no. Stay where no, you are. I stay here. Got it. We're gonna break a lot of rules, Roman. You better get used to it. <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. Well, cool. Uh, are you ready, Roman? I, I don't have much time. I absorb a little bit of radiation. I know. I, I'm sorry. I've gone all selfish again. This new me is very... There's a lot of problems with him. Need a beard. Knows like a math problem. Very selfish. Um, totally understandable. And I, I'm going to help uh, my doctor, uh, the Joseph doctor, uh, to a chair to, oh, to no. sit down. No. I've, I've prepared for this. I've thought about this a lot. Uh, uh, and he uh, reaches out with his walking stick and he uh, whacks a control on the TARDIS console and then dropping from the ceiling is a little swing seat that he can sit in. Oh, nice. I dig uh, it. He plops down into the swing seat like, I am ready to go forward, but when I'm me, I don't ever want to stop moving. So, Roman, give me a push and then do what you need to do. <laughs> you always manage to surprise me. All right. Um, I actually walk up and I go, I think I can handle that. And I walk up to him to give him a push. And I just kind of fling him forward a little bit with both arms. And I turn to look at Travis and Carrie. And I just say, funny thing about swings. In order to move forward, you also have to go back. I reach into my pocket and I pull out the piece of paper and Roman, you notice on the piece of paper that somewhere scribbled on it in this doctor's handwriting, it says always something Daleks. And I smudge that away and I grab a marker from somewhere on the console, somewhere that this doctor's probably been using to mark travel maps or something like that. And then I just write in big letters, run. And then I walk up, I pin the thing on the old doctor's shirt. And I go, this won't make sense now. It won't make sense for a very long time. But eventually, when you get back to this spot, it'll make all the sense in the world. And then I look at Roman. I look at the doctor. And I say, okay, 
Here's the plan. And the Doctor begins to explain her plan. A plan involving a journey through space and time. A journey piloted by a device that looks rather a lot like a randomizer, but is in fact a playlist, an autocue, taking her exactly where she needs to go. To the museum, where she will rescue Travis and Millie. To meet Base Alpha, where she will meet Roman for, from her perspective, the very first time. To the Wire and Colony 47 and Rayla's Tar and to Burbank in 2019 to meet Carrie. She describes how she will acquire the knowledge to stop Rassilon, about how she will find the diary pages again, pages she begins tearing out of her own diary as she explains the specifics of the plan. And as she does so, Roman puts on what will become his trademark pink coat for the very first time. He adjusts the sleeves and smooths out the lapels, and once the Doctor has finished explaining the plan, he says, Ooh, that's, that's good. That's a good one. Alright. Joseph, you start to feel it. You start to feel that warm glow in your skin. You look at your, your hands as you are holding onto the swing, moving forward and backward and forward and backward, and you can see that light start to shine in your fingers and you know it is time. I, I pump my legs as fast as I can using the little bit of energy I have left to get the swing uh, to go higher and higher. And I say, always keep moving forward. And then there is an explosion of energy as Joseph's doctor, the previous doctor, begins to regenerate. Uh, and I think as the, the light starts to grow in the console room, I'm going to turn to the, the, the next doctor and her companions and say, we should leave this next part to him. It's up to him from here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird to see this from this side. And then I, I guide my friends out of the TARDIS. Uh, and I think before he also exits the TARDIS, uh, Roman takes one last look from the console around and uh, looks down to the auto queue and hits play. And then he also exits the TARDIS. You exit the TARDIS, and Joseph, as you begin to change, you see them leave, knowing that you will not see them again for a while, but it's also the last time you will remember this for a while, for quite a while, in fact. You are not going to remember any of this, the circumstances of your regeneration and the events that led to it. From outside of the TARDIS, Roman... Riley's Doctor, Carrie and Travis observe as that magnificent blue box groans and wheezes and slowly fades away from the surface of Scarlet. It's kind of fun to watch it and again from this way. I'm usually on the other side of the door, you know? It's true. I liked being him. He was good. He was a good one. Uh, I, not a fan of granola. I don't know why that was such a thing, but definitely, definitely. He was gonna... always on about the granola. Yeah, you know, peanut butter. It's perfect. Sorry, it was very weird for me. I'm realizing the next time I see you, you will have no idea who I am. No, but you you look like you could really use a cup of coffee. Um, might I recommend Tim Shorten's? Um, I really think you'll like it. 
Really? I haven't... Oh, I haven't had a coffee in decades. Well, they do respect the bean. Do they? All right. I'll keep that in mind. God, it's always good to see you, Doctor. Uh, And I think Roman is going to do the least characteristically Roman thing you've seen because he's the youngest you've ever seen. And he's going to just straight up hug the Doctor. He's going to reach out and grab the Doctor into a great big hug. She takes it. She's, She's a hugging Doctor, so she's very happy to have it. And I think he, he sort of separates, straightens himself out, uh, and goes, uh, you all should go. The Time Lords will be coming, and um, it'll be very hard to hunt you if you're already here. I suppose that's true. Well, my friend, till we meet again. Till the next time, or last time. Anyway, we'll figure it out. It's complicated. Isn't it always? Well, I suppose he gets his way. I'm not going to stop moving for a very long time. In the wake of two vanishing TARDISes, Roman stands on the surface of Scaro, a few miles northwest of the Silver City of the Daleks, as another TARDIS arrives, looking quite a lot like a piece of large chalk with a door on the front of it. And the door opens and out steps Commander Maxim. And he just looks at Roman and says, Roman, 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 what am I going to do with you? Maxio, how are things? Inside her TARDIS, the Doctor awakens in a new body for the first time. There is a swing hanging at a jaunty angle nearby, and it's very clear that the TARDIS, at the angle it's at right now, has crashed. There is a small fire over one of the consoles. Various bits of decoration, posters, books are scattered across the floor. And she sits up for the first time and looks at a note that is pinned to her jacket that simply says, in her own handwriting, run. And as she tries to remember what led to this moment, she finds she has no memory. And she looks at the note pinned to her jacket. She looks at it, and she looks confused for a moment and sets it down. And then she gets up and starts to sift through the rubble of her damaged TARDIS and acknowledges to herself that it's it's not going to be repaired in and of itself. And... As she gets up to head out to look for parts to repair it, she stumbles upon an old walking stick, which she gently picks up and places diligently in the small little umbrella stand that's part of the TARDIS and just kind of like gives it a nod of respect and heads out the door. Riley's Doctor, Travis, and Carrie, you have trundled back across the surface of Scaro past still-sleeping Daleks and have made it back to your own TARDIS. Uh, What do you do now? I look at Travis and I look at Carrie, and uh, I look at the the console and I say to Carrie, I know I've said this a lot, but this time I really mean it. Carrie, where do you want to go? All right, Doc, I got a quiz for you. You remember Roger Rabbit? Yeah, Walt sent me what? Yeah. Let's go to Toontown. <laughs> I I feel like 
the doctor's face. If, if this was a, if this was, a, this was a visual medium, the doctor's face would be the.